You are listening to the Walk After Falling podcast. I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God. Happy Monday, everybody. We have an awesome guest, and her name is Brooke Simpkins. How are Hi. you doing? Good. I'm excited to be on today. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to get into what this topic is going to be, but give us a little bit about how you got there, like your faith background and just, just everything that kind of has made you who you are up to this point. Yeah, everything, sure. like your whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, we could probably just do a whole podcast just right. interviewing people about what their lives were like. <laughs> right. But, um, we want to get some yeah. context for who Brooke is and, and what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, um, I am in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, and I've lived here my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with two siblings and two parents and I was brought up in a Christian home mm-hmm. which posed a lot of benefits for me and I recognized that yeah. um it was so just I didn't really realize it as a kid but my parents invested so much time and money um in my education and making sure that I knew the bible mm-hmm. which was such a it's just been such a backbone that I've been able to lean into as my faith has developed. So I'm very, very <laughs> grateful for that. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, obviously like you have different levels of understanding. Everyone comes to meeting Jesus at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, even having been brought up in the church, I did not personally make a decision to follow Christ until like seventh grade. Mm. Um, but I feel, you know, that's the time that the Lord activated in my life um at least in the first iteration of that so I was like 13 I think and I went on a little youth group retreat with my church people Mm -hmm. and I heard this guy speak and he did a meditation with us which I thought was like oh I was like this is really weird (laughs) and um we were supposed to ask like we were we were given the opportunity to ask God a question Mm -hmm. and prior to this retreat I had never really heard God. Like I had never heard the voice of God and it was very, very out of the box for me to think about that or to ask that. Um, so he led us through this meditation and I was, I simply asked him, why do you love me? Mm. And he said, because you are my child. Mm. And that was it for me. Like I knew that God existed. I knew he was there. I knew he was, you know, around. Um, but I didn't really understand the miraculous love that he offered. Yeah. Wow. Um, so at that time I was like, okay, well I'm going to do in, you know, the denomination I was brought up in was Christian reformed. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that time, so the step was, uh, to do profession of faith. So it's kind of like baptism in other circles. Yeah. So I did professional faith then and it was really, really lovely went through high school, um, middle school, continuing to do youth group, that kind of thing. Um, so like, this is, this is all sort of like focusing on my faith, but like other things I was doing, I'm very, very interested in theater. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been acting since I was a very little girl. Mm -hmm. Um, my first play was the three piggy opera. (laughs) (laughs) 
in kindergarten. Um, do you so remember I, any, any songs from there? I actually do, but I would oh. not sing that. <laughs> for, another, so, for another episode. <laughs> it was funny because, so my mom knew at that time that I was going to be really interested in theater mm. because um, I memorized the lines of every single person in the entire oh cast. Oh my goodness. And I knew every song word for word. And on the day of our, you know, our production, which when you're in kindergarten, you only produce it one time. Um, So on the day of our production, one of the girls who was playing one of the little pigs was sick. Um, So I was playing. So there was a number of roles in the play, but I was mother pig. So I had like I had like one song and like a brief little interaction with the little the little pigs and whatever. So like I was I was ready to ham it up in that role. And then this other girl got sick. And oh, yes, no. I used the words ham it up and we're talking yeah, about it. Right. <laughs> anyway, that was unintentional. <laughs> but I was so ready. And then this girl didn't show up and the teacher was like, Brooke, you know all the parts. Do you want to play two parts? Wow. And I was like, Yeah. So oh I played gosh. I played two parts. I played Mother Pig and Straw Pig oh, in the play. Oh my goodness. Which was just hilarious to me looking back that that was ever a thing yeah (laughs) um so that was my first show um my mom worked pretty hard to help me just sort of plug into community theater and church and church plays when I was a kid um she didn't really know anything about the world of professional theater Mm -hmm. and that's okay like she she was an athlete growing up she didn't she was just trying to figure out how to help her artistically minded child thrive (laughs) like so I was I was very different from my siblings, both my siblings, very athletic. Um, all of my athletic pursuits were comical. I did a lot of them <laughs> and I was very poor in all of them. A lot, a lot of improvising, would you say, huh? Yes. So, so I did a lot of plays kindergarten all the way through um, 12th grade. I did some musicals as well. I can sing fairly well. Not as well as I could then because I've sort of not kept up with it, but um <laughs> I hear you hitting the notes at chapel, though. I hear you. You do still find me sometimes, so you probably do hear that. Um, But I I loved it, and I loved it um, enough to decide to pursue it as a career. Mm -hmm. Um, So that really became a focus for me. Theater was so important to me in high school, and I was like, I would like to pursue theater in college. So I double majored, like I said, um, in theater and in communications because I was being the smart and practical girl because yeah. I wanted to have a fallback because mm-hmm. that's kind of what my, my very, very practical father advised me to do going into college. So he was like, you should be a nurse. And I was like, I don't want to be a nurse. So, um, so communications was sort of the fallback there. Yeah. And I ended up loving communications yeah. um, just sort of as like a side bonus. I didn't know how much I would love it, but I did. Mm. Um, College was amazing for me. I am not one to look back and be like, oh, I want to go back to high school. They were the best days <laughs> of my life. Like, no, not for me. Um, high school was fine, but I was kind of always an old soul. Yeah. Um, so for me, high school was kind of a weird place. Um, people did a lot of silly things and mm-hmm. focused on stuff I didn't care about. And then in college, I got to meet friends who were interested in the same things as me. Mm-hmm. And I got to finally study stuff I cared about, yeah, yeah. Um, and that makes which is like, difference. oh my goodness. It was everything to me, like <laughs> to, and the college schedule is better than the high school schedule. Mm-hmm. And 
it was just better all yeah. around. <laughs> and I had amazing professors who I just adored um, across the department and in the theater department as well. Um, so I just really thrived in college as far as theater. Did a lot of shows, mm-hmm. learned a lot, directed my own play, yeah. interned at a place downtown. It was just really, really lovely. Um, so I really enjoyed that experience. Mm-hmm. So during college, theater was like my focus. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things became true in that I sort of became pretty singularly focused for mm. a while. I really wasn't focusing on my relationship with God. That was always part of who I was, but it wasn't my, my it was not my identifying characteristic. Yeah, yeah. So and I knew some people who were on fire for Jesus and I did not understand them. Mm-hmm. And I did not understand what got them to that place where they could constantly want to talk about Jesus. Oh. I was like, I was like, why? I was like, Jesus is cool. I'm going to heaven. But yeah. like, I don't really need <laughs> yeah. to talk about this all the time. Like, yeah. it just felt really weird to me. Um, I didn't really go to a lot of chapel. Didn't really do a whole lot of the, you know, late night worship that our school mm-hmm. offered. Yeah. Um, I was very, very focused on my art. Um, I was very focused on the plays. And like Julian has said a few times, I did a lot of improv. Mm-hmm. So I started doing improv comedy in college. Um, and that actually I continued after graduation. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of that. And throughout college, like, like I said, made a lot of friends, had a lot of really great experiences, but really didn't get onto a much deeper level with Christ in my spirit. Like Mm. I learned a lot because I went to a Christian college and I I did theology classes and I learned so much about the history of the church and like different things about like the nature of God and who he is. And it was, it was a really good continuing education for me as far as biblical knowledge, theology, that kind of thing. Yeah. However, there still wasn't much of a deeper heart change for me. Um, and if you had asked me at that time, if I was living in a place of like not experiencing the fullness of God, I think I would have said like, you're weird. Yeah. I experienced <laughs> the fullness of God because mm-hmm. I'm a Christian wow. and you don't know until you know, Yeah, like, you don't know that there's more until you experience it or oh. you see it really, really, really represented. Um, so I graduated from college in 2014. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while now. Um, and between it's, I know not as long as some, but, um, it's been six years. And during that time I've had two professional jobs, Mm -hmm. um, in addition to being in a number of professional productions and theatrical like endeavors. Um, I did a lot of professional improv, which was very, very fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but I found myself pouring everything I had into those pursuits. Um, and so just, yeah, that kind of brings me to where I'll start talking a little bit more about how my faith grew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my husband and I met in high school. We dated for a very long time. We got married in 2015 Mm -hmm. and we were, we were young, but we were like, eh, Let's Mm -hmm. give it some time. Like, let's just, let's get to know, you know, let's continue to just spend time with each other and live together and just enjoy our company Mm -hmm. before we attempt to go down the baby route. Mm -hmm. Um, So at that point we were like, 
everyone's healthy, everyone's good, we're fine, we're good, no one needs to worry about this. And that's kind of how everyone starts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and that's because that's great. And that's what we want. We want people to experience that without challenges. And mm-hmm. that's what we all think we will have. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that was not my story. Um, so we had a couple of years before we tried to have babies. And we were like, just living our life. And I was really into the theater thing. Um, just really pouring myself into that. Mm-hmm. And then um, started to experience some challenges. Um I'm trying to remember how these things sort of line up together because it's, it was just a lot of things happening at one time. Yeah. So I was working on accelerating my acting career Mm -hmm. and I kept sort of thinking like, okay, if I am to really pursue acting, I can't have a baby. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a weird, that's weird timing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, kind of pulled back a little bit on that element just just out of I don't know it just made sense to me Mm -hmm. so I sort of pulled back a little bit there but I kept being in these improv plays I think I did Julian did you come to one of those I came to the haha men Okay, so you At came to church, one of the one of the okay, yeah, one of the I think it was one of your I I don't know what it was, but it was donation one or something like that. Yeah, but it was yeah, a, like yeah, a fundraiser, yeah. but it yeah, that's the first time I ever seen okay. you do improv. Yeah, so you came and you saw me to you saw me do improv comedy mm-hmm. short form. Yeah, um, so that was fun. Um, I'm glad you got to see that. Yeah, so no, it was I, great. <laughs> the other thing I was doing is I was doing. Um, dramatic improv oh, wow. which was it's very different um you really you're creating plays yeah. together on on any given night and it's really really fun and it's very very challenging mm-hmm. um so that was really exciting because i actually got paid for that oh, wow. <laughs> um so that was fun um and it was just good to work with other actors who yeah. challenged my skill um so i loved that and it was really really fun um but anyway I was very into that. And then it was just becoming readily apparent that I was stretching myself pretty thin. Mm. Um, I was working normal amount of hours, working full time. And then I was getting myself to rehearsals in the city once a week and then shows twice, usually twice or once a weekend. And it was just spending a lot of time in the commute and not a lot of time with my husband, Mm. um, which, you know, I think that I felt it more than he did and we talked about it and it was just like, this isn't really something, this isn't the path that I want for us. Like, Mm. cause if I was to go down the path of pursuing professional acting and I know some people can make this work. Um, but if I was to pursue that path, it really would be me choosing myself over him and over our marriage. And I made a commitment to him Mm -hmm. to, to put our relationship and to put him above myself Mm. in some situations. Um, So I just realized that it was not having the world's best effect on who we were together. Mm. Um, And so I sort of, I pulled back from the plays. Mm -hmm. I stayed with my improv comedy group for a while. And then um, at that point we had figured out we were having some issues Mm. Um, so we had decided that we would like to try and have children and, you know, just kind of heading down that route. Things weren't really working out. We weren't really ready to see doctors about it, but things weren't going great. Mm. Um, 
So long story short, I was in that place. I think it was about a year and a half of just like kind of just, I don't know. It might've been longer than a year and a half. I'm, tr- I'm not super great at putting these things together, but maybe you can. <laughs> we started, we started to pursue this in April of 2017. Okay. Um, and then I pulled back from my theatrical stuff wholeheartedly. Like I completely left my improv group. I stopped doing the plays. Yeah, I remember around that time we said that. Yeah. Yeah. Because part of the, partly the marriage thing, but partly because I felt like I wasn't giving God everything I had for the pursuit that mattered more to me. Gotcha. And what pursuit was that? Trying to start a family because mm. I felt like I did feel, and I still feel that I have been called to be a mom. And I yeah. truly feel that that is a calling that you can have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can be called to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I am just not very clear today. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> you're, you're definitely laying the, laying the story out because the one question I want to, I really want to ask you is, you know, you, you're going down this route and you said you weren't ready to see doctors about it, but right. But my question is, was it more out of like, let's just keep seeing, or was it more out of just like a, a fear that you don't want to be told c- certain news or mm. what we know with God is nothing is ever certain right. because he has a plan, but from, right. from a human or a doctor standpoint, medical standpoint, like you didn't yeah. want to be told it, something was certainly not going to happen. So that's a really perceptive question, Julian. Mm. And I, I, I thank you for asking yeah. that because, um, especially as a male, um, not a lot of men know how to interact with this topic. So yeah. first of all, mm. kudos to both of you even <laughs> just for taking so this, <laughs> just, just even for just taking this on. I know it's kind yeah. of a difficult mm. thing to plunge into. Mm. Um, but it's a little bit of both, honestly. Um, so we were, I am 28 now and he's 30. Mm-hmm. So we were younger even then. Yeah. Um, and we were like, we're both very healthy. We're active. Like there's no reason why we should be having issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tell you, you know, the typical rule is if you're under 30, you should be trying for at least a year before you think about seeing a specialist or a doctor mm. or bringing up any of that stuff. Wow. That seems like a long time. And it does. And it feels like a long time yeah. even during that year. Cause you know, if you're trying chances are you're talking to other people who are also trying mm. and then they're all just getting pregnant all around. Right. You. Yeah. And it's like, oh so, and when, and when you don't have the joy of Christ fueling you, mm. that place gets dark fast. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we did end up seeing our doctor. He ran a big, long gamut of tests yeah. on both of us. We were both totally the bill of health. Um, wow which was like, okay. Um, and then they eventually slapped us with, uh, the diagnosis of unexplained infertility, which, which is hilarious because really that diagnosis is, we don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. yeah, That is so interesting. So, Um, so not to take away from other parts of the story, because I definitely love how, like the, you know, Oh, you're kind of laying this out, but is that still the diagnosis today? Unexplained? No, actually. Um, okay, okay. I have, I have made some progress on that. So okay, perfect. Yeah. I, I just want to make there. sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like, man, that's so interesting. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of couples end up in that situation. Wow. Um, for anyone who's listening, who this is not part of your story, that's okay. Um, <laughs> a lens that you can look at this through and what I will present this as yeah. is any season of waiting. Mm. Um, mm, yes. There are, everyone experiences seasons of wait, um, seasons when they feel like God is not answering their prayers or that they are just not being heard or yeah. whatever that is. Um, for Amen. some people you're that looks you're like preaching, you're preaching in the <laughs> choir. Cause <laughs> you, some know. People that looks like, you know, they're, they're waiting for job changes. They're waiting for a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And you know, they're, you know, they're in their thirties and they're still experiencing yeah. singleness mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things that we're waiting on. Mm. Um, we're waiting on the father to act. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to get into this preaching mode, but I want to finish the story first. <laughs> no, you're, I'm getting I'm chills. Finish the story first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, um, we were given the unexplained infertility. Um, and as this is happening, and I think anyone who's really experienced this or walked through this will tell you, um, it's very lonely. Yeah. Um, it's very, very difficult to experience because we're taught from a very young age, especially those of us who are brought up in a Christian home, that it's very, very weird to talk about your bedroom life. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that is very, very private. Mm-hmm. That is not something that people need to be knowing your business about. But yeah. when you are pushed into infertility, you kind of lose some of that. Yeah. Yeah. You lose some of that privacy because you need to start talking to your doctor about it. And mm-hmm. I honestly would, rec- I would recommend talking to people who are close to you about it wow. because they'll be more sensitive to your situation. Mm-hmm. They'll know how to talk to you better. And you can start to sort of be that advocate for yourself and for people like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because when I started to talk to people about it, it just got better. Um, mm-hmm. So I sort of started to talk to people about it. And a friend of mine um, recommended this bracelet. There's there's all kinds of like tracking things that are supposed to help you figure out your cycle and the times of the month that are yeah. best for you and all of that. Mm-hmm. So this this friend of mine also a Christian. She said, Hey, some of my friends abuse this bracelet. It's you should maybe look into it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So it was an expensive bracelet. It was like 200 bucks. And I bought it because yeah. I was that invested. <laughs> I was like, I am ready. I will spend the money. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I bought this dumb bracelet. It's honestly, I would not, I'm not even going to say the name of the bracelet because it's so stupid. Um, <laughs> but I bought this bracelet and I was like, okay, this is great. And it came with instructions in its little box that are like, we have a Facebook group, join our Facebook group. Mm. And at that point, I really hadn't formed any community with others who were going through what I was going through. Yeah. Um, and then, so I joined this Facebook group and for a while I was like, Oh, everyone here is complaining all the time. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I was living. That's like, as a person, mm. that's where I was. Wow. Um, I was in a place where I was straight up depressed. Like if I yeah. had gone to a doctor, um, or a psychologist, they would have been like, we need to put you on antidepressants wow. because I was in such a dark place. I didn't enjoy things I should have enjoyed. I was tired all the time. Mm. I didn't want to see friends. Um, basic textbook explanation of what is depression. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was bitter. Oh my goodness. I was so bitter. Every time I would see a baby announcement, be invited to a baby shower. Um, oh my goodness. If someone got pregnant on accident, I would <gasps> lose it. Wow. Lose it. Mm-hmm. Okay. These things were happening and it's like, I felt so hypersensitive Mm -hmm. to them because once you're 
going after that thing, all you can do is see other people achieving the thing that yeah, you want. Exactly. Um, so that's probably, it's pretty relatable for others in this situation too. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. Like at, you said, this, in anything that you're waiting for, you know, yes. and you'll do anything to, to do it, whether it's a $200 bracelet, whether it's like, I mean, I don't know, just an, exactly, exactly. Right, yeah. yeah. Just anything. Wow. Yeah. So I was so, so focused on the problem. Um, and I, you know, I was praying through this time and I was in relationship with God, but I really mm-hmm. wasn't at a place where I was relying on him. Wow. Um, and I was not at a place where I had put him first mm. and hands down baby was first. Mm-hmm. I made an idol out of that. Wow. No question. Wow. Um, it was everything to me. It occupied my thoughts every second of every day. And it was ridiculous. Honestly, I look back at it and it was like, how did I get anything done? <laughs> like, yeah. I, and lo- honestly, lots I of days I couldn't. Kudos though. Cause like knowing you f- through that time, like I, like, I don't think I could have ever, like I, when I first kind of got an idea was when you kind of told me on Instagram, cause I was like, Oh, that sounds cool you know, cool. Mm-hmm. The, 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 you're going to talk about it in a little bit. Um, the organization that you, um, you know, kind of lead and things like that, uh, out of your home, but, um, and I'll wait for you to say the name and unveil yeah. that, but, um, yeah, like, man, like I can't, um, like looking back right now, Brooke, I just can't imagine that was all that you were feeling like, because, every time I talk to you, I like, I'm thinking about all the times I would be like, yeah, like, I don't know if I should do this like play or this improv and like, mm-hmm. to let alone like you're dealing with real life stuff, you know? So you like, I would have just never known until like now, really, I'm just, yeah. I give you kudos for holding it together as best as you could and did. Yeah. Well, and that's honestly infertility people, people work on their masks hard when they're going through infertility. Um, they are, they are daily crafting and putting those masks on. Um, so I, you know, I was still in putting myself really, really heavily into work. Um, but I was just drained and I, I felt a lot of jealousy, a lot of bitterness, Mm -hmm. a lot of just genuine sadness, loneliness, being left alone by God. I felt like I was abandoned by God and that he was giving things that I wanted to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I said, back to this ridiculous bracelet that I bought. (laughs) So I was in this Facebook group and, you know, my mom and my sister, I'm very, very close with. So um, they kind of, they sort of told me this observation that they had of my attitudes over this period of time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they knew that I was experiencing this depression and a lot of times it resulted in sort of like an anger and um it just didn't it manifested very very poorly um and at one point there was a time i'll tell you about my lowest point the Mm -hmm. lowest point Mm -hmm. i was ever at um a friend of mine had told me that she was trying to conceive and she conceived after four months wow and she conceived twins Mm -hmm. right off the bat and the way she told me I love her deeply and I'm, I do not hold this as an offense to her. She ends up listening to this, Mm -hmm. but the way she told me was pretty abrupt and it was just, I think she sent me a text message picture of her sonogram. Mm. Um, and it was just, I think she did that because she knew I wouldn't be able to handle a phone conversation, Mm. which was accurate, which was very accurate. (laughs) Um, so she sent me that and I sent her back 
whatever response I could come up with. And then I crumpled into a pile on my floor and cried for three hours. Oh my gosh. That was the, so that was like the biggest blow. That was, that was the lowest I have that I had ever been. Um, and that's, that's the worst I ever felt. Um, and unfortunately my husband was at work that Saturday. Mm. So that was, that was kind of rough. And he came home and it was like, he was such a comfort to me in that. And he was like, we need to figure this out. Like you can't, this, this can't be the way that you exist. And Um, in that moment, like, what were you saying to yourself? Oh, I don't know. I was, I was crying a lot and I was yelling at God. Mm. I was literally Mm. just yelling at him. Um, Mm. I was so tired. Um, not just, I mean, it wasn't like I had gotten enough sleep, but my, my spirit was tired. Yeah. Um, Weary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Weary for sure. Um, I think the things that I had told myself were something along the lines of maybe this just isn't for me. Like Mm, maybe God doesn't have babies for me. Maybe I did something that you know, that yeah. made it so I don't get to deserve this or whatever. Oh. I I had, I told myself, oh, I came into agreement with so many lies from the enemy. Mm, that is such a beautiful this. way to put it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's language I've been given from my ministry that made all of this make so much more sense. Yeah. Um, but when we do that, when we believe a lie from the enemy and he is so tricky guys, he mm-hmm. is going to slip those in and make it seem like it's something true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true, man. Oh and he's going to make it seem like, how could you not believe this? Yeah. Wow. Like, how could this not be true? Mm-hmm. Mm. And there are so many little like Christian phrases that are actually really wrong um, that people try to say to you when you're going through this. People will say things like, this is sort of a trigger warning. So mm-hmm, y'all mm. might get some hate mail for this. God <laughs> is, God is in control. Mm. I don't believe that guys. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of times people will say God is in control and that's like their way of going through life and feeling comfort. Mm. Right. For me, that phrase is deeply unsettling mm. to believe that God who I know is good, who loves me and cannot give me something that he does not have. I'm going to tell you right now that God did not give me infertility. Mm. God did not give you sickness. God did not give you death of a child. He did not take things because he doesn't do that. It's not in his nature and he can't do it you guys mm-hmm. no yeah and you know it's funny and not to cut you off but um i was literally just reading our pastor wrote a book called praying through and i was literally just reading the chapter about grief mm. and the story that he used was job's story and it's just mm. like resonating so much in what you're saying is that yeah god yeah god might ha- have allowed it to happen god didn't do it Yes. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to say one verse that yeah. I think is totally applicable to this. Mm. And then I'm going to talk about Job Yeah. and, and why people, <laughs> yeah, okay, go for it. So John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. I have come that they may have life mm. and have it to the full. Mm. Some translations say, and have life abundantly. That's Jesus saying that. Yeah. And oh my goodness, just 
just let that hit you for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Because what this says is that the thief comes mm. to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And then it contrasts directly that Jesus has come to give us life. Amen. And what that means is that when you experience things that fall into the categories of being stolen from, things dying, things that are being destroyed, experiencing sickness, these are attacks yes. from the enemy. Yes. And Christ came, died, and resurrected so that you could experience victory mm. over all of that. Mm -hmm. And so now I'll address the Job thing. Yeah. <laughs> Job is a is an amazing story. Um but I want to address a verse. I, I actually didn't prep this verse, but yeah. maybe I can just remember it. You're telling me so, out of the 50 <laughs> you sent me, you didn't prep this verse? <laughs> I didn't know we would get into Job, but I'm going to talk about it. So, so in Job, there is a verse where he expresses the deepest bitterness and feelings that he is experiencing. And in that verse, Job says, you give and take away. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Yeah. You're familiar with that verse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Compare with the verse I just read to you mm -hmm. where Jesus says he is life. He came to give us life. And the one who takes is who? The thief. The thief. The thief. The thief comes like, to steal, kill, and destroy. <laughs> yes. I wanted you guys to answer because for me, this was a revolutionary shift. Yeah. When you find out that the one who's causing all of your problems is not your loving father. Wow. Wow. And, and, and that so is many what people is, want to blame him too. Yes. And that is what I look at in Job and I'm telling you what Job is saying is not a biblical truth about the identity of God. It is how he is feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And wow. it has caused a monumental misconstruction of theology among Christians today. From a communications major, people, <laughs> she knows how to. If she knows miscommunication, it's it's going to be this one right here. <laughs> right, but that's like that's the lie of depression and wow. of feeling yes. just stripped completely. Wow. Yes, wow. and one of the major lies that accompanied me in my beginning journey before I came to any of this revelation was just loneliness, just genuine feeling of being the only one who is experiencing this yeah. and just feeling left behind. But it's just like, when you get into your word, when you read the Bible and you learn about the nature of your father and who he is and who he is for you, mm. you would never believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And he put tons of community around me. So it's like, there's no way I could ever believe that. <laughs> um, so again, I'm going to come back to the bracelet and I'll, yeah, finish, no, up. Like, I'll finish up the story. It's like the I know, bracelet I, I like, story. I, keep, I love it though. I, keep, I love this. I keep like circling out of it because I have like other things I want to say. Um, anyway, so back to the bracelet. So I'm in this page. <laughs> it's sad. People are ragging on each other. People are being bitter. People are complaining. You know, my relative said this. It was so insensitive. Oh, has that been said to you? Like these are the kind of message boards that happen on these secular fertility support groups right. okay basically they're places to complain together mm. and overanalyze your charts <laughs> yeah oh, wow. 
like to the point of being ridiculous. Um, so that's what that group was. And after a bit of time, you know, I kind of noticed, I was like, well, this bracelet's not really very helpful. And my mom was like, well, maybe you probably shouldn't spend as much time on that website. It doesn't really seem to affect you positively. Mm-hmm. Um, also in retrospect, guys, there was a spirit over that page. Wow. Hello. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I didn't recognize that at the time, but there definitely was, there yeah. was a spirit of comparison. There was a spirit of bitterness. Oh my goodness, not a good place to be. Mm. But, and this is the best part, God works out all things for the good Mm -hmm. of those who love him. Mm -hmm. And that comes from Romans 8, verses 28, which is, and we know that in all all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according Mm. to his purpose. Mm -hmm. So I've told you about this place, the atmosphere of this little support group. Yeah. God took that and he put one woman, there's probably more, but one woman who is willing to say, hey, if you need Christian support, check out Moms in the Making. Mm. Wow. And I was like seeking this. Mm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was seeking and needing this in my spirit, and I did not know. But I was just like, well, these people are pretty <laughs> – pretty aggressive and complain a lot. And I don't really know that I love being here. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm going to check out, I'm going to check out moms in the making. That sounds great. Yeah. And this marked a change for me. Wow. Even just the decision to look at their Facebook page, which is where I started. Um, so moms, I'll talk about what moms in the making is in a second, but yeah. first I'll talk about how I got through it and a little bit about where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So Moms in the Making is a Christian fertility support group. It's intentional that we call it a fertility support group instead of an infertility support mm. group. Um, we call it that because we know our words have power. Yes. And that's another theme. And that's yeah. something that I had talked to you guys about before this call. And mm-hmm. I'll talk about probably for the rest of the yeah, call. Power and, and life. And the, our, yes. Yeah. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of Mm -hmm. life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Mm. And that is not the only one. There's lots of verses about what our tongues do and the power that they have. In another verse in one of the Gospels, it just talks about the tongue as the rudder of the ship. Mm. And the way we talk directs where we go and how we will live and what we will reap. And, and you're like, you are just preaching to me right now, for real. I'm not <laughs> even joking. <laughs> See, you remember when I was like talking about people in college and I was like, why are these people talking about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Now I'm that person who cannot stop right? talking about Jesus. <laughs> so, it's just funny. Like I've totally made a complete shift in that. Um, <laughs> so I found their Facebook page and then I was like, okay, well, I, I would like to know more about this lady who started this. Her name is Caroline Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, she is incredible and so she started this group several years back and I was like I'm just going to look into her because I feel like finding even just one person who is rooted in the word who is going to inspire and help me grow will be Mm -hmm. enough yeah and I was like I was going to start there and so I looked into her and I found out that she also has a podcast. Oh, wow. And podcasts were so new to me at that time. I like didn't really listen to any podcasts, but I was like, well, if it's going to give me encouragement in this journey, mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to that podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So her podcast is called A Cup Full of Hope. Mm. Um, she does this podcast with her friend, Jessica Satterfield. 
Um, and Jessica leads a different fertility support group in the Carolinas. Um, so I hopped on this podcast, which was still pretty new at mm-hmm. the time. They had only come out with maybe 15-ish episodes okay. at the time. Um, and I was, I was so filled, you guys. This yeah. podcast was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about a cup full of hope. For me, it was hope, but it was also just a... It was an invitation into who the father is. Yeah. And, you know, these revelations that I'm teaching you, things that you've probably heard before, but these things that I'm talking about, the power of my words, the approach that I have to life, the joy that you hear in my voice, this comes from revelation that I found while listening to this podcast. Which was huge to me. I, you know, I didn't even ever listen to podcasts. And I found this podcast that was so dripping in the Holy Spirit Mm. that I could not help but get soaked by it. Wow. Wow. And I, so I listened to this podcast and in combination with this, I was like, okay, well, this Caroline lady, she is, she's, she's the real deal. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to figure out more about moms in the making. So I'm listening to the podcast. I go back on the page. I'm like, I've requested my you know, membership to the page. I'm on the page. I'm like, I'm like liking and commenting on all of their stuff. And I was like, Oh, they have virtual groups. I was was so excited. And I was like, I'm enjoying the virtual group because there's no groups around me. Um, Like I said, I live near Chicago. I was like, there's no groups around me. There's no groups even within a couple hours of me. So I'm going to join a virtual group. And I did that. And I was so encouraged by that. And I instantly had this little mini army of women who knew my experience, who knew Mm. what I was going through Mm -hmm. and could relate and support. And for anyone who's gone to a support group for whatever, support groups are so powerful because they make you understand that you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that instantly just sort of squishes that lie from the enemy that you Mm -hmm. are alone. Mm. So that was major, but not only that in the groups, we went through, Bible studies planned by Caroline and her team at Moms in the Making. And just lie after lie was dispelled. And I was just, I started to live and walk in a place where I understood more who I was and who he was for me. Mm-hmm. And that in combination with the Cup Full of Hope podcast was, it ended up being life-changing for me. Yeah. Um, so... I'm in the moms in the making and I'm listening to the podcast and I decided to go to the moms in the making conference. Okay. They're, we're yeah. based out of, we're based out of Dallas. And I think um, that's where I, I came into the picture. Not that I play a huge role in that, <laughs> that journey, that is, but I think yep, that's that where is, I messaged you. And I was no, just like, yeah. that is <laughs> the first so interesting. time. That is the first time that you would have heard wow. anything from me about yeah. infertility. Wow. So, I had been walking through a lot of this crazy stuff, decided to go to the Moms in the Making conference. Mm-hmm. And before I went, I was like, Steve, I think I'm, I want to be a leader. Steve was my husband. Steve's yeah. my husband's yeah. name. And he was just like, okay, well, like, look into it. That sounds fun. And, I, you know, <laughs> we were, but we had, you know, we had to decide together yeah. because if I'm going to lead an infertility group, we're suddenly on blast. Yeah. Yeah. People know Absolutely. our business. Mm-hmm. Like, so I went. And the conference was incredible. It mm-hmm. blew my socks off. Wow. 
I worshiped like I have never worshiped. I received truth. I prayed over people. I was prayed for. I totally learned so much more about the power of the Holy Spirit and just lived with these women and just experienced. I, I honestly, you know, you, when you go to church and you, you experience a worship that just sort of brings you up mm-hmm. and you feel that and you, you, mm-hmm. you just know. It just ushers you into the presence of the Holy yes. Spirit. Yes. Yeah. And I, that whole weekend, I was just ushered in wow. to the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I knew it was so, it was such a kingdom come experience mm. That's amazing. that I was like, I need this yeah. and I need more of this. So I did go to the leader thing and I asked a bunch of questions and long story short, I became a leader. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty thorough, it's a very thorough vetting process for leadership. <laughs> um, so, and now I lead a group. That's amazing. So in a place where there wasn't even a, a lick of information about the group, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> like you said, there was, there was like nothing. nothing. That yeah. is wow. And, and God, and God used Legend, a secular, wow. a secular fertility group mm. filled with darkness to bring me to this place. God got you to buy a $200 bracelet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then he got me to buy a plane ticket. Yeah. And then he got me to buy a conference ticket. <laughs> That's amazing. And man. all of these things. And I, I ended up there and, um, wow. I, I skipped a major portion that I want to return to. Yeah. So before I went to the conference this summer, while I was listening to the podcast, I was baptized in the Holy spirit. Mm, awesome. Not something that would have made a lick of sense to me if you had talked to me about it <laughs> before it happened. Yeah. Um, so in the book of Acts, we see the Pentecost. And that is such a beautiful experience. And that's something that we can even read about and see and know that there is evidence of. Yeah. Um, while I was listening to the podcast, I had learned all about the authority that we are given as Christians when we receive the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. you know, for some people they receive the Holy spirit at the same time that they're baptized. Mm-hmm. And that, that is definitely a thing that can definitely happen. Yeah. For me, that was not my experience. I was sort of walking in a dry faith. I would say yeah. it was a very, very educated faith, but it was dry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't living in a place where I felt the joy and I felt empowered and I felt the love that I walk in and feel every day now. Wow. Um, so I listened to the podcast and they were talking about the spirit and on the podcast, they offered a way for us to walk through that with mm-hmm. God. And I was like, well, I'm doing this. Hello. Yeah. Like, mm. So in my kitchen, while I'm listening to the podcast by myself, I invited Holy spirit to inhabit my heart. Wow. And some people, you know, some people are laid out some, you know, different things happen to them. For me, it was just a quiet, moment. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed bodily at that time. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel things. Nothing got shaken up or done that I felt. Yeah. But my life was changed. Wow. And from, you know, from the time I started listening to the podcast and then received the Holy Spirit, I am a new creation. Mm. I am not who I was. And I honestly the Lord has brought me out of my miry pit. Yeah. It's just, I am not there anymore. And it's just, I am not depressed. Mm. I'm not bitter. You know, I went from being bitter, depressed, lonely mm-hmm. to You're feeling liberated. 
yeah, feeling liberated from the lies that I'd been believing for so long from, from that place that I described earlier to feeling just joy mm-hmm. and feeling yeah. joy, not in suddenly having received pregnancy. I'm still waiting on my miracle, Yeah, but I am finding joy in my savior and in wow. my father wow. and the power that I've been given as a child who has received the Holy spirit. Amazing. It's it's a 180 from where I was. And if you talk to me before I received Holy Spirit, before I went through all of this, I was just like kind of sassy and a little Mm -hmm. like sarcastic. And I was just kind of I don't know, I was shielding myself. I was doing a lot of defense mechanism type things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just a really different person now. I'm very very open. And I love, love, love to talk to people about this experience because nothing better has happened to me in my entire life. Wow. And it's just like, would you ever think someone would say that about going through an infertility process? No, no, no. it's a, it's a total shift. And it's just like, I can tell in just, you know, the way that you're talking now, like, like we've always had good conversations, but like just hearing you speak, I can feel the power and the truth and the belief behind every word you're saying. And that's, and the, I'm so proud of you. That's the abundant life too. That's in John ten ten. Like it's yes. a life filled with Holy spirit and it's, it's, and, it's and, joy. And she didn't even yes. read, she didn't even read that. That was the third verse on your list, Brooke. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's yeah. like a God appointment right there that you just brought that up. Well, and this morning I'm listening <laughs> to a podcast that referenced that as well. So I was oh. like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. And there, I mean, there's so much good, um, that God has for us and just walking in a place where you are understanding now who he is Mm. like really, you know, you, you can never understand God fully, Mm -mm. but you can be satisfied every day. (laughs) Yes. And I just, I love that. And, and and you know what, nothing is going to bring you there better than his word. Wow. You know, people say all the time, like, oh, I wonder what the will of God is. Mm. Don't wonder. Go read it. <laughs> wow. It's in so the, true. It's, that's what the word is. That mm-hmm. the word is his will. Wow. And so that leads me to so many of the truths that I've learned from Moms in the Making. Mm-hmm. One of those is that God created the idea of babies. Mm-hmm. Babies were his idea. And if, not just babies, but if you feel a calling on your life to do something or to be something, God didn't give you that call to torture you. Mm. Yeah. You know, God can be glorified in these things, but he wants us to be drawn closer. Yes. He He wants us to be called deeper and called higher with him. Mm. And he can use anything to do that. Mm-hmm. Not that he's going to give it to you, but man, he can use it. And like I said, this has been a very, very hard experience. Mm-hmm. And honestly, no, I would never wish infertility on anyone. No. But what God has done through it, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Wow. wow. So it's, yeah, there's, and there's so many there's just some truths that I want to share about infertility with mm-hmm. anyone who's experiencing this. This one, when I first heard this, I was like, really? Is that true? Um, every instance of barrenness in the Bible 
God gives children. Mm. Every single one. Yeah. You know, there, there are ones that people like call to mind more readily and that's, you know, it's Abraham and Sarah, mm-hmm. but it also happened to their son and their grandson. It happened wow. to Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel. Most people can recall the story of Samuel's mother, Hannah. Mm-hmm. And then there's others too, Elizabeth and Zechariah, who were blessed with John the Baptist. Mm. And then there's two other stories, um, Manoah and his wife, which is in Judges 13, mm-hmm. and the Shunammite woman and her husband, which is in 2 Kings 4. Wow. So there's just all of these examples of people who are barren and had long, long waits, like I think Abraham and Sarah's wait was like super long. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were in their like late nineties or hundreds when they had children. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, and Isaac and Rebecca, um, Isaac, you know, I think they waited like 20 years before oh. they were blessed with their children. Like these things are incredible, yeah. but God still provided. There was not an instance of this where God did not fulfill his promises of fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And, so there are so many promises in the in the word and you know one of them that is just obviously over this whole process is to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Um Genesis 9:7 as for you be fruitful and increase in number multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Um and you know a lot of times it's easy to look at that and go like okay well that instruction was for Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Like that's not for me. Um but I would challenge you to think about it differently. <laughs> Um, because all throughout the old Testament, even times when God makes promises to the people, you know, Israelites, Mm -hmm. you know, think about the Israelites as the people of God. Yeah. And then, and then think about who the people of God become at the death and resurrection of Christ. You are the people of God. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Wow. So the promises in his word are for you. Yes. And it's just so amazing that we can look at verses like Hebrews 6, 14 through 15 that say, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. Mm-hmm. After And after patiently waiting, Abraham received what was promised. Wow. Like, these aren't just fun stories no, no, that not. we read. <laughs> like, oh, that's so cool. God gave children to that super old guy. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Like, that's sort of how I perceived it when I was a little girl mm-hmm. and we sang that. We sang that song like Father Abraham mm-hmm. and many sons, like that song. And I was just like, that's such a weird song. Like, why did this old <laughs> man have all these kids? But it's just such a testament to his faithfulness and what he will do. Wow. Because, okay, think about, do, you, do either of you have siblings? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, and I don't know if this was true for siblings of the opposite gender, but I have an older sister. And it's easier to think about this with siblings. Like, okay, if your sibling receives something from your parent, Mm -hmm. you're going to go and say, okay, mom, you (laughs) gave my sibling this thing. (laughs) Therefore I get to have it too. Yeah. Mm. Think about how simple that concept is. Wow. God gave children to all of these people throughout the Bible. And there are so many modern day testimonies of this. Mm -hmm. When we see that, we don't have to feel shame or feelings of being left behind. Mm -hmm. What we can feel is, Oh my God, you have done something amazing. And I know you will do it for me Mm. because you did it for my sister. Wow. 
And it's just, we don't have to look at that and be jealous. We can look at it and feel invigorated and hopeful. Mm-hmm. A shift in perspective and in words. Yeah. And that is such a shift that I went through. I mean, I could not barely even like go on Facebook wow. and not feel that when I was, you know, in the darkness, the darkness of this. But mm-hmm. now I I do rejoice with yeah. people when they experience pregnancy, even, even if they didn't struggle. Um, you know, for a time I could be happy for people if I knew that they had been through some stuff. And I know that is not great. Like that is not a wonderful thing to admit, but like now I am in a place where I can be happy for people, even if it just came simply for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And it's, there's so much good in it. And I just want to say, so like, there's a, I'm going to get into James one verses two through four. In a mm, I love James. <laughs> yes. James is so good. Mm, um, so there's good. so many good things there. Um, James one, I have like two, I think I have two verses in the list I sent you that I'm just like, I just love these <laughs> verses. Um, yeah, yeah, but when we go through anything, God can give us joy out of that and he can develop our character and our perseverance. Um, So James one, verse two through four, consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance must finish its good work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I want to say that like, at this point, I can, I consider this a joy, the the way that the Lord has made it so I can walk through this mm-hmm. and feel this joy is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. And, and I know that when I receive good things, that they're from him wow. and any, any kind of good things, things as small as having a nice nap in the middle of a Saturday, you know, <laughs> yeah. These little things that we treasure up that we're like, oh, that was so nice. Like, <laughs> thank God for that because that was from him. Yeah. If you derive joy from, you know, a plant growing or whatever, like those are gifts from your father. Mm, man. Just and to that, think that's of them the, in yeah. those ways. Just to really, even, even the shift of thinking, renewing your mind and thinking of them in those ways. Like reading this verse right now literally answers like my impatience and why Mm. I feel frustrated and Mm. like why I might still be in a certain season. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, because my perseverance still needs to develop my, or my faith still needs to develop that perseverance and I'm still in it. There's something still to be learned. It's just, uh, man, you're like, you're like, this has been such, um, I mean, just a, a treat to like for you to come here because you're ministering to us. And I know that whoever is listening is going to be ministered to in so many ways. So I want to yeah. ask you like, what is, or Catherine, you have a question? Yes. Yeah. She's like well, dying here to ask you a question. <laughs> well, not so much a question, but just the way you said, like we go through these things mm-hmm. because like God is the only way that we will, we will get not even get out of them, but we will get through Mm -hmm. them. And Mm -hmm. you know, when, when you go through something like a fertility struggle, like it's when, when you can have a child, then it's like, it is a miracle from God. And it's like with Sarah and Abraham, like the only way she could have had a child is through a miracle of God. Mm -hmm. And 
that's just as like sort of a broader picture, like what's going on in our world now. It's kind of like, that's, that's like the hope I'm holding out for is like, we're at such a low point that it's like the only way we will get through it is through a miracle of God. And then that's Mm -hmm. how God works it together for his good. Because it's like, how can you deny me now? Mm. Right. Well, and one of the the other things that I I hadn't gotten to yet, but it kind of responds to what you're saying Mm -hmm. is so, okay, yes, I've walked through infertility or, you know, we're walking through waiting periods or whatever it is, but these things that we're walking through are just in the natural. Mm-hmm. When Jesus died and he rose, he didn't just give us pass to heaven, which he did, mm-hmm. and it would have been enough, mm-hmm. but he, there is so much more victory in his resurrection mm-hmm. than just a pass to heaven. What we know is that at the time that he died and rose, he provided the healing. Mm. Then he did it. So even in the, even in coronavirus, mm. think about it. Christ defeated coronavirus 2000 years ago. Yeah. yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we haven't seen the victory of it yet, but we know Romans 8:37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Mm. It's already done. It is. It is already done. And you know what? Even though I haven't seen my pregnancy naturally on this side, you know, like Mm -hmm. in the natural, I know that it's already done. Mm -hmm. I know that he has already won that battle for me. I don't know how long it will take for me to see that happen, Mm -hmm. but I will continue to speak life over it. But part of what that is, is speaking to my problem. Mm. Um, and it's not just like, and this is, this is just a changed way to pray. Um, and you know, if you're looking for more resources on how to do that, well, Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently reading a book by Andrew Womack called a better way to pray. Um, it's incredible. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that I want to encourage you in is that if you have received the Holy spirit, you have the power that raised Christ Jesus in you. Mm. And when Jesus was on earth, he performed many miracles and his disciples performed many miracles Mm -hmm. and his apostles did. And lots of people did. Um, And a lot of times, you know, the modern day church will kind of say like, oh, that's kind of something that happened, but it doesn't really happen anymore. False, (laughs) false, false, false. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is unchanged from what he was at Pentecost and what he was the day that Christ raised from the dead. We have the power as his anointed sons and daughters to speak to our mountains. Mm -hmm. He tells us to do that. It's, it's pretty cool actually. (laughs) Um, um, I'm trying to find which one it is. Um, But there there's okay. So there, there's a, there's an instance where, you know, Jesus encounters a fig tree Mm -hmm. and the fig tree is not producing figs and it's has, it has leaves though. So Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like angry at the tree. So he tells it to die. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, it didn't. So right when he said that the tree looked the same. Yeah. Matthew 21, 21, 22. Yes. Yeah. I think, yes. Yeah. I'm looking (laughs) at found it here too. Right. So, so Jesus says this to the tree 
And the disciples are like, okay, Jesus, we're talking to the tree. <laughs> like, okay, that's kind of weird. So they like, they go into a town and then they stayed the night. And then the next day they come out and the tree is dead. Like mm. the tree is shriveled up and it's totally dead. Wow. And the, the disciples are in an amazement. But what's true is that when God told, or when Jesus, you know, they're interchangeable, they're mm-hmm. Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Jesus told the tree to die, it died right then, wow. but it starts at the root. It starts where mm. you can't see it. Man. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you don't know exactly how long it will take to, you know, materialize mm-hmm. here on earth, but yeah. it is done. It is wow. done. Wow. The, yeah. As Julian was saying, it's Matthew 21, verse 21 through 22. Mm-hmm. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to a mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. Mm. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Wow. And it's just so neat that God has given us the tools to actually take authority over the things in our lives. Yeah. So, you know, my mountain is infertility. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other mountains we're facing. We're facing coronavirus. Guys, I was talking to coronavirus yesterday. Mm. Because coronavirus is such a mountain in our mm. culture right mm-hmm. now. Mm. Definitely. But, like, so often people will bring their requests to God and be like, yeah, yeah please fix it. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, he already gave us the tools to fix it. Mm-hmm. So start talking to it. Wow. I know I sound like a crazy person no, if you've never is... understood this, but <laughs> this is amazing. It is it's it's so life-changing. Yeah. And it is. you know, when I received the Holy Spirit, not only I mean, you know, I received joy and I received peace and I received all these wonderful things, but I received some pretty amazing tangible gifts as well. Um, the Lord granted me healing. Mm-hmm. Um, not just like healing that I experienced in my soul. But in practical ways, too, I lay hands on my husband and I, the Lord heals him of headaches. He heals his back when he has back pain, when he has colds, when whatever. If my husband experiences an ailment and tells me about it, mm-hmm. I am instantly going to ask him to stop doing what he's doing. I lay hands on him and I talk to the thing and tell it to go in the name of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it goes. Amen. It goes. And I am just... Honestly, guys, I am still an infant in this. Mm -hmm. Like, I am still so new to this practice of walking with the Holy Spirit in power. And he is doing amazing things Mm -hmm. in the in the people of God. Like there are there are so many people who have been walking in this for far longer than me that are doing amazing things. People like Todd White, um, you know, people like Andrew Womack, uh, you know, and others. Um, But it's just I have found this community of believers who is understanding the Holy Spirit in a new way. And I cannot get enough because it's like the Bible come to life Mm -hmm. because it's like, I read all this stuff growing up, which was cool. Yeah. But like, it was a story. It was just like a thing that I read about, like the spirit did stuff then, but I really didn't understand that the spirit was still alive and moving today. And he totally, totally is. Amen. So let me ask you this, for any part of your story, anybody anybody that's listening, what affirmation 
would you give them? Whether it's the waiting for anything, whether it's infertility, uh, whether it's just dealing with bitterness or anything, what affirmation do you want to leave with our listeners? Mm, Right. So God is good. You are his and your identity is found in him. Mm-hmm. Anything that you have been identifying yourself as other than child of God is a lie. Wow. We walk through that with our girls. One of the first things we go through is I am not my diagnosis. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because whatever it is, that's a lie. That's mm-hmm. not who you are in the truth of God. And to back that up, anything you're waiting for, Psalm 27, verse 13. Mm. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. Mm. He is so good, you guys. He is so good and he loves you more than you could possibly fathom or understand. Mm -hmm. And he wants to give you good gifts. He does. Mm -hmm. So often we just need to come into agreement with what he has done. And when we're experiencing pain, depression, sickness, he has given us a lot of authority to partner with him in telling those things to go in the name of Jesus, because the name of Jesus is a strong tower.